a trusted voice of truth and light. The narratives that mislead most of us aren't outright lies. They're the deliberate omission of facts that could give us a more complete picture. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. The world needs your leadership. And the essence of leadership is using your influence wisely wherever you happen to be standing. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Yes, it is, and I am so glad you could join us. My friend Gary Welsh is with me once again. Gary, good to have you back. And, and as always, it's an honor and a privilege to be a wrong thinker and to be a voice <laughs> on a wrong thinking show. I hope that one day it's very fashionable to be a wrong thinker. I think it is actually among the right circles, but uh, it will get frowns and wagging fingers in other circles. But our show is brought to you today by Firesteel.com as well as the Staples-Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. I will uh, be telling you more about these uh, both of these wonderful businesses a little bit later on in the show. Gary, we're going to talk about a topic today that uh, I almost feel like I have to tiptoe as I approach it just because it's it's fraught with danger. Even to say the name is, is going to draw um, perhaps the wrong kind of attention. But you have raised a very good question in some of the discussions we've had off the air. And, and I think one of the most relevant questions is, is Black Lives Matter a terrorist organization or is it a well-meaning organization that just has extraordinarily bad luck? And you're absolutely right that and, and we just before we went on the air, Brian and I were talking about this and that I had to just double check with him to say, are you OK with this? Because. It's dangerous nowadays to express your opinion. It's dangerous nowadays to say something that is not fitting in with the narrative to the point, you know, that they may like, you know, we, I have personally seen where they have tried to shut businesses down, where they uh, hack you, where they, they, or they'll show up on your door. And it's just like, you know what, just expressing opinion nowadays is filled with risk. And that's, that's a sad, sad commentary on our, our society. Well, I think this is a discussion that needs to be had. And, and if for no other reason, it's because as I look at some of the, the mainstream or corporate media accounts, I don't, I don't know how to say it. When you say the media, you know, I could be talking about anything. But the, the corporate media is doing a very um, thorough job of trying to convince us that our eyes cannot be trusted. There's no violence going on. There's no riots going on. That's just President Trump trying to play to the law and order crowd. And it's mostly peaceful protesters that are, you know, participating in these protests in the various cities. And, and CNN, I don't know if it's just a sense of irony or if they, they really think now we can get away with this, has the headline, fiery but mostly peaceful protests, you know, take place in, in Wisconsin with the reporter standing in front of a burning building, you know, r flaming rubble. Mostly peaceful, though. I guess, you know, if they say it's mostly peaceful, then there's a reason they want us to think that. And that is a, a large part of the problem is that they're trying to establish this narrative and then silence those voices that are, are saying something contrary. But you and I, um, and I want to make this very clear, both in, in this segment and in the next, we're going to be very objective, and this is where we have to go with this. There is a book that um, Brian is writing for our subscribers that's going to come out next month, and it, one of the chapters is How to Avoid a Race War. And the key to that, How to Avoid a Race War, is to be objective, to look at things from both sides, 
look at them objectively. And where there's wrong, you say that's wrong. And where there's right, you say that's right. And that's part of this discussion today is we're going to take an objective look at it. And part of that is what is going on with Black Lives Matter and are they a terrorist group? So I'm going to ask you, Brian, in your own words, how would you define a terrorist organization? People using violence to affect change, whether it's, uh, you know, by terrorizing uh, their fellow citizens, by terrorizing government leaders, but uh, but they are using violence to stampede people, whether it be politicians or the public, in a predictable direction, and that's how they're trying to affect change. That's that's my so, that's my off the cuff definition. So you and I are old enough that we have been around, you know, with the when the whole terrorist movement started in the sixties and seventies. You know, we've we've seen this, and we've seen these organizations like. Um, um, uh, Oh, Sinn Féin, uh-huh. I, I know I mispronounced that, uh, the PLO, Libya, Iran, the Taliban, and they all said the same thing. Well, we deplore violence. We absolutely hate it. That's not us. That's somebody else. <laughs> and yet we've always seen over and over again they were behind them. So a simple declaration that, oh, we're not terrorists because we are deploring this. And if you go to Black Lives Matter's website, they're very clear. Right on the very beginning, they say, we are supporting a peaceful resolution, a peaceful movement, a peaceful protest. But we've seen that in the past. So the question still arises, is Black Lives Matter a terrorist organization? You can't just go off of, well, we got it on our website that we want peaceful protests. What other criteria then can we use to determine if you are supporting terrorist activities? Well, and and I would point out, too, that even among those organizations that you mentioned, there are sometimes, I think, legitimate goals or legitimate um, beef, if you will, that uh, that actual terrorists, people who have no compunction about harming innocent people in the furtherance of their political goals, are willing to hide behind those groups or use them as as a shield of sorts to, to gain legitimacy, while at the same time they're doing dirty work that, that cannot be called, you know, morally acceptable. So one of the things that I've always stated is, if you are a peaceful organization and you believe in peaceful protests and you you want to do that, there would be characteristics. And this is where we were always able to find, you know, say you guys are not real. PLO, you're, you're just spouting a bunch of nonsense. You guys are terrorists. You're a terrorist organization. And two of the things that I always saw was of that is action speaks louder than words. And the second is you were never hypocritical. And, and here's where the hypo- hypocrisy comes. Well, we deplore violence. But, <laughs> yeah, that qualifier sometimes uh, is all that you need to hear. So just tell, out of curiosity, Gary, how would you answer the question if I were to ask you, is Black Lives Matter a terrorist organization? What, what would you say? Yes. Interesting. That's because of, of the two criteria. So let's look at action. Okay. There have been lots of protests There have been protests for similar things. Black groups have been protesting. The the 10,000 
Man March that we saw in Washington, D.C., Martin Luther King. We've had thousands and thousands of people, gay rights, um, women's rights, you know, these left side and right side, Second Amendment people coming out there, um, you know, free speech people going out. All these protests, they've been had large groups of people, and they've always been peaceful. And yet, for some reason, whenever Black Lives Matter, now there are have there have been peaceful protests with Black Lives Matter organizations, but unfortunately, there's been way too many that have been violent, and that relationship is a problem. Something that I've noticed, too, that, that I, I found both interesting and disturbing is there are a number of people who are very supportive of Black Lives Matters. In fact, I, I found a number of friends on Facebook who were very supportive from the standpoint of they believe, look, there is real injustice going on out there, but for some reason, they are not capable of separating that injustice from the group and and some of the uh, baggage that that group is now carrying along with it. And I say this because I brought up instances of, well, this violence, how how can you get behind the violence? And the response is always, not all protesters are violent. And it's like, yeah, but what about the ones who are and who are doing what they're doing in the name of this group? Shouldn't the group be distancing itself or at least minimizing the perception that, yeah, 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 that's us? And that's exactly the people that I wanted to talk to. I, I like you, I actually even have loved ones, members of my family that have been associated with that and been part of the protest. And I want to speak to them. Those are the ones that I want to speak to, not the leaders of Black Lives Matters, these peripheral supporters. Well, and that's I, I'm guessing that there are people who are still um, ideologically reachable. They haven't slipped through the event horizon, so to speak, to where, you know, there's just there's no way to, to reach them. But uh, but there were some folks. I, I don't care what evidence you show them. You know, you can show them, look, here's the building being burned down. Here's the owner being beaten senseless with, you know, a brick. And they'll still find some justification. So if we're not talking to them, I understand. It's not that we think that they're stupid or evil. It's just they're probably not in a position to to be considering these things. So Gary Welch is my guest. We'll be back. We're going to talk more about Black Lives Matter. You may want to weigh in on this as well. 801-331-8113. We'll be back right after these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. I want to throw out a quick mention of firesteel.com. These are the folks who can get you in touch with your inner caveman, but in ways that uh, your inner caveman never would have dreamed possible. If, you've, if you have uh, understood the quest for fire is uh, still something that's very important to mankind, I don't care how, how advanced we get, if there comes a point where you need a fire, whether it's to cook your food on, to boil water, to you know purify it, or whether you are just trying to stay warm, you got to know that you can start that fire. And if I were to ask you, okay, so where's the closest book of matches or the closest box of matches? Some people would say, oh, well, I got a lighter here in my pocket. But here's the problem. In a survival situation, do you know for sure those matches are going to work? 
do you know for sure that uh, that lighter is still going to have fuel in it? See, with a, uh, with a fire starter from firesteel.com, you can strike a hefty spark, more than enough to start a fire, and you can do it, I think it's up to 15,000 times. How many boxes of matches would that be? It's an insane amount of, of uh, fire starting ability, and it fits right in your pocket. So go to their website, firesteel.com. Put my name in when you go when you buy one, which I, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to do. Put in B-R-Y-A-N as the coupon code. They'll give you 10% off. All right, Gary Welch is my guest. We are talking about Black Lives Matter. Are they a terrorist organization? Gary, you say yes, based on actions. Let's unpack this a little bit further. So there's really like two things that could identify that if you truly are a peaceful organization. One is action. So here, here is the scenario. Let's say that you are a bunch of peaceful protesters of Black Lives Matter. You're out there. There's 5,000 of you. And let's say the narrative is true that these Antifa guys come in, they, they infiltrate your group, and they start causing trouble. What could you do? If you were a peaceful organization, what could you do? And one of my suggestions would be you would sit there. The leaders of that movement would simply say, guys, there's some violent people who have came in here. They're not a part of us. We want nothing to do with them. We're shutting this protest down. Everyone who is here peaceful, leave the area so the police can handle these agitators. But what happens in the Black Lives Matters protests? Now, if you and I were doing that, that's exactly what would happen. I know if I was leading a protest, some skinheads or whoever came in and started getting violent and getting ranches and started doing things, I would just say, okay, everybody, let's go home. Let's let the police take care of this and handle these guys. And I would come out on the news and say, we want nothing to do with these guys. We despise them. We hate them. We, we don't want nothing to do that. And this is where I get to the butt. Because what we hear from Black Lives Matter is, oh, well, we despise the violence. However, you know, their, their anger is righteous. And, and, I'm, and my point of view is, at what point does your anger justify violence? Yeah. And, and have they given an answer? I, I'm, I'm just curious. I have not seen anybody ask that question of them, but I, too, would be very interested in what their answer might be. No, no one asked them. No, everyone's afraid to ask them. Are you kidding? Challenge them? <laughs> oh, my goodness, no. You might as well wrap yourself in a Confederate flag and start singing minstrel tunes. Right. Nobody's going to challenge them, but that would be my point, is if you are a peaceful. And this is why I'm saying I want to talk to the people that are, are peaceful protesters, like my family members that go out there and look, I love you dearly for standing up for a cause and believing. And here's the other side of it. When I talked about being objective, I think they have a righteous cause. I really do. I think that there is something there. Now there's more to it than what they are proposing, but I do believe that there is something there, but here's the point. The minute you use violence as a mythology for getting your results, you've lost credibility at that point. What everyone should do, if you are a peaceful person and you want a peaceful resolution, your job is to say, okay, let's go find another organization then who has the same cause, who has the same goals, and let's join them. These guys have lost it. You just, you can't do that. You cannot support them once they advocate, promote, or allow violence to happen. 
Well, and I think one of the better explanations I've heard, too, is if uh, if you are protesting innocent people being victimized, in other words, if injustice consists of innocent people being victimized by violence or force or something like that, you can't go out there and create more victims and then say, OK, now we're good. Or at least this is this is setting things right. And that's that's precisely what I see happening. I think about in Kenosha, Wisconsin, one of the striking images from last week was uh, uh, an automobile dealership. I think it was a Mercedes dealership burning all the cars on fire, smashed up, looted and set on fire. And right there on the big marquee, we support Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. And, And so here's my point. What is the difference between those of you who are who are advocating and justifying the violence to those who are justifying the violence of the police. How are you any different? If you sit there and you want the moral high ground, how can you take it when you say, well, if the police do it and you support them, you're a racist and you're a pig and you're garbage and you're a terrible individual. But if we do it, it's okay You've just lost the moral high ground, in my viewpoint. You, you're done. It's over. You're you're no better than they are. No, I I would agree, and it's sad to me that th- this is such a polarizing thing. That there are people who will say with a straight face, "Well, you know, I can excuse the police violence because you know this other violence scares me more," and and I think uh, maybe it hasn't occurred to them, but uh, perhaps there are instances of of state-sanctioned violence, which is most often carried out by the police, that are wrong. And it's appropriate to stand up and say, this is not right. We, it should not be happening. At the same time, we can say uh, the, the freelance or private version of violence against innocent victims is also wrong. Right. And anyone who, who supports that or justifies it or excuses it, I think you should do a conscience check a real serious conscience check. And again, I don't think the leaders and the people who are really involved with this are going to do that. I'm speaking to those individuals that were there for good reasons. You, you know, you have, your hearts are in the right place. You're good people. Don't be supporting this. This is not the right thing. And I'll tell you why it's in your best interest not to do this. Kenosha is a sample of what's going to happen. Here is what always happens with terrorist groups. They resort to violence, and the response is always going to be violence. If I'm trying to have a civil conversation, let's say, Brian, you and I are having a conversation, and you're trying to tell me that I need to change. And as you're talking to me, I punch you in the nose. And you're a peaceful man. You go, okay, okay, okay. You know, Gary, you were a little upset. Let me try to do something else. And while you're doing that, I kick you in the groin. At what point are you going to say enough is enough, Gary? We're done talking. Right. No, I, I, I agree. It's, it's not fixing an existing problem. All it's doing is creating new problems. And yet, right. here's the troubling thing to me, and that is that uh, there, so much of uh, the, not just the corporate world, but even, uh, even like government, right down to the municipal level, seems to have bought into the idea, well, we've got to appear woke. How could we appear anything less than woke? Case in point, St. George, Utah, that's a pretty conservative corner of a fairly conservative state. Why would the mayor and the interim chief of police at that time uh, go out there and, and one of them, literally, the other figuratively, take a knee for Black Lives Matter? 
I'm still trying to get my mind around what exactly they were trying to prove other than maybe score political points. Any thoughts on, on what would drive, you know, politicians or people in political positions to do that? Oh, well, we give we give politicians much more credit than they deserve. Come on, Brian, we're wrong thinkers. Yeah. The, these guys are they'll, they'll keep into fear faster than the normal citizen. And that's what we're seeing is that's all this is, which is what they're trying to achieve. And if you're going to stop this, you stop it by standing up. OK, we've got to take a break. Gary Welch is my guest. We'll be back right after news. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. By the way, just a quick reminder, you can always check out the show notes at thebrianhydeshow.com. While you're there, a couple other things I'm going to suggest you do. First of all, consider subscribing to the podcast I am finding that it, it is a remarkable vehicle for reaching people at a time that's convenient for them. I, I don't begrudge anybody who listens to the live broadcast. Love it when you do. It's, it's fun. But podcasting is so, so convenient. And you can listen on your own terms. And, and it can be accessed on any number of platforms that can play right there on your smartphone or, or your laptop or, or your tablet, whatever it may be. And as you're doing that, if you find value in the things we talk about, in the, the, the level and depth of thought that we're trying to provoke here, as opposed to telling you what to think, please consider becoming a patron and supporting this program. You can do so. There's a link right there in the show notes as well. Gary Welch is my guest. We are talking about Black Lives Matter. And Gary, you had mentioned that when violence comes into play, if you're the initiator of it, you're forfeiting the moral high ground. Let's talk about uh, some different ways that uh, perhaps Black Lives Matter, if they really want to make a positive difference in those areas where reform is needed, what might they do differently? So think about this scenario. Let's say that, you know, this, this, this layout that I kind of gave you where you're at a protest the agitators come in. So here's how you could really establish kudos, because one of the things that they'll say was, well, we don't want to give up the protest. We, we, you know, the protest is important. We have to get our message out. But what would happen is if you leave and as you're leaving, you grab the reporters, you grab the news media and you say Black Lives Matter stands for peace. And we have these agitators that are coming in. And because we want to see a peaceful resolution and we want to to be the right kinds of people and get our message heard, we are now leaving. It's more important to us that we have a peaceful conclusion. Think how far you would get with that. And yet that has never happened, not once. And by standing there, yes, there's maybe only 100 people that are doing the damage, but because there are 5,000 there, the police can't do anything about it. Nobody can do anything about it. So you are enabling these people and I don't care if you're the car driver at the bank robbery or the guy pointing the gun at the teller, you're still robbing the bank. Yep. I'm just curious why um, why someone hasn't spoken up yet. And and I'm not trying to impute any motives here. I know this, it's, it's very common to, you know, second guess everybody's motives. But you would think if there really was this this desire to fix a problem, to to correct an injustice, 
that somebody higher up in the in the Black Lives Matter organization would be saying something and being being careful to make sure that people understand there's a moral high ground. I mean, are, are you, you're familiar? I hope you're familiar with uh, the different generations of warfare, first, second, third and fourth generation warfare. Have you heard of this before? Yes. Yes. OK. My understanding is what we are looking at right now is fourth generation warfare. Third generation warfare was pretty much the way World War II was taught, which means the advantage goes to whoever can put the most steel on target. Fourth generation warfare is very different in that it is fought primarily by non-state players, and the moral victory is stronger than the actual tactical or battlefield victory. So if, uh, for instance, a Palestinian kid getting shot in the head after throwing rocks at Israeli soldiers... Now, maybe he posed a deadly threat to those soldiers, but who gets the moral victory on that one when those soldiers finally get fed up with it and, and they plug this kid? You see how that works? The, the moral high ground goes to the kid, even if, even if he was an instigator of, of violence in that case. And I think we're seeing something very similar play out here in the sense that, uh, you know, the, the supposed victims groups. I'm a victim because of my skin or because of... You know, my my gender, whatever it is, there there are so many classes of victims now, and it's seen as such a virtuous thing that, you know, people are, are literally clamoring to be seen as a victim so that they can appear virtuous. But they are looking for that that uh, moral victory. And so when when there's violence in the case of these uh, the protests, looting, burning, beating strangers that are walking down the street how about uh, marching into a restaurant and forcing them or or trying to coerce them into you know giving the the black power salute that's that is they're looking to get someone to respond in a negative way whether it's to punch them in the face or just fight back so that they can claim that moral high ground of look see we're still victims even though oftentimes it's the protesters themselves that are the ones instigating it Everybody else was minding their own business. They were having a pleasant dinner until this protest showed up determined to, how can I put this, make something happen. In all of these organizations, um, and it's it's always the case in that there is 10% that is doing the bad stuff, the evil stuff, as you were, and the 90% that just follows along. And here's where it gets to be, this is wrong thinking. This is the wrong thinker mentality. I'll give you a good example. Just today I heard that there was a poll that came out that 93% of Americans want their government leaders to bring us together. You know what wrong thinkers think? It's like, why do you need government to bring us together? Why are you looking for government to bring us together we can do this on our own. And here is the case in point with this issue. I don't care about the 10% that are the agitators, the bad guys, the leaders, all these people who are doing things. I am talking to the 90% of you who are out there with, with, with protesting Black Lives Matter for the right reason. When you stand up and you say, no, it, it doesn't matter what Donald Trump does. They're not going to accept him. They're not going to agree with him. They're going to fight him all the time. But when you, those of you out there that are standing in those groups, when you stand up and say, this is wrong, we're not going to do this, that's when it stops. Not government leaders, not Black Lives Matter leaders, you. That's what a wrong thinker thinks like. That's how we think. It's like, no, I don't need nobody to tell me to do the right thing. 
Why should I? When we stand up as a group and that 90% says, this is done, we're over, we're not going to support this, it ends immediately. Okay, so let me ask this. Why haven't we seen somebody stand up to do this? Is it just too dangerous to, to buck the, the social justice trend at this point? Good question. And, and I think that there's multiple issues in that from just a personal perspective. Um, the, the use of victimization has been very powerful in this and that I really do believe, and this is, this is kind of a thing that we have to get people to start getting their minds right around this, wrapped around this right correctly, which is don't justify it. Don't say, well, their anger is righteous enough. I I'm, I'm going to accept this. And I think this is one of the things that culturally, again, what wrong thinkers are trying to change is this cultural once I have put myself into that position, I stand behind this right or wrong, and the ends justify the means. Both sides are, are horrible at this. I, I, I hear the arguments on the other side of this issue that we really even haven't addressed yet, and we, we need to, that I'm saying you guys are absolutely wrong. You, you do, you're not looking at this from the right perspective, and because of that, you're just dividing it more and more, and we're creating these big schisms, you know, between these the two groups where you get so entrenched into your position that you stop looking at the rationale and the rightness of it. And it's just because, well, whatever it takes to get the cause. I think you've, uh, you've clearly seen that uh, things are escalating. I mean, we've been going on what now um, five months. No, that's, that's the lockdown. So we've gone at least three months though, like pretty much the entire summer has been unrest riots, protests, and and escalation of tactics all along the way, to the point now where there are people literally shooting each other in the streets, some in self-defense, others, you know, as aggressors. Um, where do you see this taking us if there isn't a course correction, say, even between now and the upcoming election? Well, that's my point before we went on the last break, is all of these terrorist act- actions always lead to a violent. There's never been a terrorist action that has not led to a violent response. Because at a certain point, the other side says, that's it, we're done talking. And when that happens, that's a bad day in America. And that violence, that violent response you're referring to isn't necessarily just the government is going to respond violently. Um, in this case, I mean, look at uh, the case of, you know, Kyle uh, Rittenhouse, it's uh, it's the citizenry, the government sitting on its hands. And, and at that point, you know, you have a 17 year old kid as a citizen standing up and, and defending himself when when the police couldn't or wouldn't be there to do it. That's where we're going. OK, we're going to come back and finish up this conversation in our final segment. Gary Welch is my guest. Again, go to the website, the dot com. By the way, we have some fun stuff coming up. I'm going to drop a big old hint in the uh, next segment about uh, a giveaway that we're going to be doing here very soon. I think you're going to like this. We'll be back right after this. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This 
is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Our program is brought to you in part today by our friends at the Turner, the uh, Staples-Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. And I know there are a lot of folks who are moving to my home state of Utah right now. And I think we have a lot of exiles from some of the big cities where they've looked around and said, okay, they're taxing me to death. They're not protecting me. There is unrest in the streets. And so they are trying to get out while the getting's good. And it has made the real estate market go absolutely bonkers. So if you are looking for a home loan, if you decided I'm going to make the move, I'm going where Brian and Gary are hanging out, then fine, come on in. But if you need to get yourself uh, pre-qualified, talk to my friend John Staples at the uh, Staples-Turner team at at Patriot Home Mortgage. You can go to staplesmortgage.com. Just remember that name, staplesmortgage.com, and they can help you out there. By the way, if you're looking to refinance your existing home mortgage, staplesmortgage.com. Tell them thanks for sponsoring the show. And uh, go do business with them. I think you'll be very happy that you did. Gary Welch is my guest. We are talking about Black Lives Matter. And, Gary, some of the lessons that uh, that hopefully they're learning from. But uh, this much is certain. We can't just turn our backs and pretend this is not happening, right? Absolutely. And and it takes both sides you know, we're, we're saying, again, we, this the thing of 93% of us saying, well, let's we want government leaders to bring us together. No, we can do this ourselves. It's very easy. And, and here's, here's some solutions that I would like to propose. Let's start from the top. Government leaders, the government leaders, these, these mayors and governors, you do not advocate violence ever. That is one thing you will never, ever do. As soon as you capitulate, it's all over. You need to stand up and back to the people of wrong thinkers. You hold them accountable. If they have allowed this to happen, they're burning your town. They're building, burning your stores. They're looting your stores, not the government's, not targets. That's your, that's your community. Possess it, take ownership and say, no, you you have a responsibility to take care of this. If you see a news media, that is not outright condemning violence. You guys just tell them you're done. I want nothing to do with you. Any organization that advocates that, if you have a social media group, a social media platform that doesn't ban them, they'll ban you for offending someone. But if you are a group that advocates violence, oh no, no, your your cause is right. So we're not going to ban you. You need to go to them and say, look, we're bought, we're boycotting all your sponsors. We're not going to participate until you change your policy. You never, ever advocate for violence. And then the protesters yourself, you guys, like I said, just sit there and say, we'll find another group that does not advocate for violence to take up this cause. Because, and I hope we get to this, your cause is right. And, and I like to talk about how the other side needs to address this correctly. Let's go there. Let's talk about it. So uh, I'll actually start with you. Brian, what do you see on the other side of this where the the anti-Black Lives Matters folks need to address and change the way they are doing things? Uh, first and foremost, the, the folks who, who are saying, I oppose Black Lives Matters and what they're doing, uh, you should probably acknowledge that uh, the the love of 
the state or its emblems of force is what's getting us into this problem in the first place. And there are good police officers out there, so I don't want people to think I'm throwing all the police under the bus here. But we have allowed so many things to become police matters. We have created laws about some of the stupidest things in which there, there is no clear victim. It's just a mala prohibita law where the politicians' words on paper say you shouldn't do this. And that gets the police involved in areas of people's lives to where they're not seen as, as keeping the peace, but they're seen as, as mulcting them for, for revenue or, or getting out there and just punishing them for uh, things that never should have been a government affair in the first place. Lose that love of the state and recognize that is one of the sources where these Black Lives Matter folks are right in that there's a lot of injustice being done. And it's not just to people with, you know, darker skin. It's being done to all of us. But don't turn to the state. And I I mean, I saw somebody talking about the shooting in Portland. Um, It was it was the buddy of the guy who was was killed in Portland over the weekend. And someone asked him, well, if you could talk to the president, what would you ask the president to do? His answer was send troops and i went ooh yes that's yeah what what was it you were saying something earlier about uh, fire and and a room full of gunpowder that's pouring yeah. gasoline on it and then bringing the fire into the room and, and i agree with you 100% and and that is a mentality of like government can solve this and government is right and everything in, you know instituted with government is good we need to absolutely drop that. But one of the things that I would like to address is the injustice, and that is acknowledging that their cause is right. I'm going to, though, give you a different viewpoint about what is going on, and I think that this is a big issue that we need to address. Oh, and I'm going to back up a little bit and say, here's a really big thing. Let's keep the militia guys out of this. Everybody, don't bring guns to the party. Let's just keep the guns out. If you want, if you want a bad result, not only with just violence, but if you want the government reaction that they want, the minute that both sides show up with guns, then they get to declare martial law. And if you don't think that that's what they want, then you're an idiot. Quit playing their game. And, and, and that's one of the things that the right always does that bothers me is they play right into these games and let them manipulate them into doing stupid things so that they can take charge and take over. Let's don't show up. Let's don't play that game. But I want to talk about what's going on from a different perspective. And when it comes to these police actions that might offer some clarity, and that's because I have a military background. And because of that, I have seen things and been involved with things. And I think even all of us have been exposed enough that we see it. And that is what I call a war zone syndrome. Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq. You're placed in a situation when every time you turn a corner, you have no idea what you're going to face. It could be a woman shooting at you. It could be a 14-year-old kid shooting at you. It could be somebody that puts a bomb in a baby carriage with a baby in it and rolls it in front of you and blows you up. When you get into that, if you ask the soldiers what they're thinking, they say everybody is an enemy. Have we done that to our Black communities? Have we created war zones in our black communities to the point that our police officers now see everyone 
as the enemy, as potential violent, that if you go reaching into your car, you're not grabbing your keys, you're not grabbing your registration, you're grabbing a gun and I'm going to shoot you. Because why? There's video on YouTube, you can watch it, three or four of them that show guys going into their car and they pull out a gun and shoot the cops. And so why don't we address that issue? Not from the government, but from ourselves as people, as a community of why are our black communities war zones and we have a war zone mentality. Okay, fair enough. We're down to about a minute or so. Um, any final thoughts on this? I know yeah, you've hit a couple of hot buttons, if not with the listeners, at least with me. No, you've, <laughs> you've hit on a couple of things. I do agree reluctantly with you, even though I am a staunch advocate of that right to keep and bear arms. I think that uh, taking, taking your guns to town is something that requires some very serious thought. Is it really necessary? Are you really acting defensively when you go out there and, and you partake in what a friend of mine termed standoff pageantry? I think uh, for me, the answer is no, no. And that doesn't mean you have to lie down and take it, but think about what you're doing. And are you playing, like you said, Gary, are you, are you playing into the hands of people who would love someone, anyone to overreact? Any other thoughts? Yes. When the time comes, yes, I'm, I'm agreeable to it. But I do believe that we have to be the purveyors of peace, both sides. Just everybody's got to say, we're a civil society. We are a peaceful society. We can still do this peacefully. And that takes both sides being saying, we'll stand down. It's going to take some courage, though, to find somebody who's willing to, to be that first one to stand down. Mm, enough courage to be a wrong thinker, maybe, huh? Exactly. By the way, join us. Come and be a wrong thinker. You can find out how to do so by going to the com. The, the website will help you find everything you need to make it a reality. Gary, I thank you for being on the program today. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. All right. See you back here tomorrow. The Brian Hyde Show.